Before we get into the episode today, I just want to promo a contest we are currently holding over at Dominionated. As you will hear on today's episode, Devour's new album, Escape from Planet Devour's, was pressed onto vinyl. It is basically sold out, but we have a copy to give away. Yes, there are lots of ways to enter, uh, so follow the link that we have posted in the show description, and you will see eight different ways to enter to win a copy of Escape from Planet Devour's on vinyl. It's very exciting. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the 41st episode of the Dominionated Podcast 20 or 20. I am your host, Mackenzie Cameron. 41 episodes uh, and I've already run out of ideas as promised. Jeff Kancade is back again today. This is the first ever reappearance of an artist on the show. Jeff was here back in the fall to talk about his album Tombstone Piledriver uh, that he released under his Golden Age of Wrestling moniker. And now, in the wake of his epic new record, Escape from Planet Devours, that he released under the Devours moniker, and he actually started his own label to release it, I thought it would be good to check in with Jeff, and uh, guess what? It really was. Our conversation is coming up, but first, from Escape from Planet Devours, here's Devours with Exposure. Jeff Kancade, welcome back to 20 or 20. Uh, it's great to see you again and great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me, Mac. It is an honor being the first person to have two 20, tw- yeah, for 2020s. <laughs> you're going to be, yeah, you're 40 for 40 or 40 at this 40 point. Uh, yeah, which is so, super. Super exciting! Last time we talked, we uh, we mostly focused on uh, your album uh, under that you released under the name of uh, the Golden Age of Wrestling. Today, yeah, we're talking about two different things. We're going to talk about Devours, Escape from Planet Devours, your uh, exceptional new record. Thanks. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, a very cool thing that you're doing to 
support that record, which is uh, your label surviving the game. Yeah. Uh, ST STG. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. You know, cool. you've survived the third wave, wave of COVID. You've survived uh, the heat dome at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was scary. Since since we've last, how are you? How are things in, in uh, your world, Jeff? Thanks for asking me, Matt. Yeah, so since I was last on the show, my life was really, really bad. <laughs> like, genuinely terrible. And I have been fighting very hard to get back on track. I now have a full-time job. I very recently went off medication, <laughs> and that's been interesting and a little bit scary. So yeah, trying to just prioritize mental health right now. Um, it's nice and sunny in Vancouver. I did survive the heat dome, and it was very scary. Like a lot of people died in Vancouver and in BC, and I had to crash at a friend's place for a few nights because my apartment was like a furnace. I have to work from home, and it oh. was like above 40 degrees in my apartment it was it was like really bad but that's life i got through it and i'm grateful for it um yeah i started a full-time job at the beginning of march as a production coordinator for an animated disney show that's so cool yeah it's my first foray into production coordinating and it has been challenging and good i went for almost the entire pandemic single and living alone and being unemployed and not having a direction and like <laughs> processing the loss of basically my like identity and career because already right at the beginning of COVID, I had gone through a, a very difficult few years of having a midlife crisis and sort of like deciding whether or not I wanted to continue being a musician. And then COVID kind of like decided for me, right? Like I had a ton of stuff get canceled because of COVID. I had to do a lot of like self therapy and processing over the last year and sort of coming to terms with it. And maybe, even though it sucked at the time, maybe it was good for me to just take a, a year-long break from performing and stuff, because it was such a huge part of my life for about five years leading up to COVID. And I think the Golden Age of Wrestling was a, a good project. I'm almost done my second album for that. So that's been a, a fun thing to be working on these past few months. Um, but yeah, like a lot, a lot of projects going on, a lot of me just trying to um, like overcome depression i guess yeah it's been a really hard year so but thank you for <laughs> oh you're my of course well i'm glad that you're i'm glad that things are kind of on the ups i think that's like nice to hear and and i'm sure the sunny weather helps i know vancouver can be like a total rain fest all winter which i can't imagine is helpful and uh mm -hmm. anyways i'm glad to hear that you're doing better now you said that you you, you, your career as a musician kind of stopped with COVID. Now here we are talking about your new record, Escape for, from from Planet Devours. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, how did when when was this record conceived and 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 how did it kind of come to be? Was it something you had ready to go that you kind of had to make a plan for, or was it something that you made more recently and now are putting it out into the world? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've had a, a handful of people say, wow, Jeff, like, good work. You made a double album during COVID, and I did not. So this album was almost entirely done right before COVID hit. I think the last song that I made for it is called Yoshi's Revenge, and that was maybe last May. And then I spent the summer mixing and mastering it, and then doing the artwork and photography and graphics and everything. And so, so yeah, like the summer fall was a good time for me of just planning the, the rollout and doing all the, the artwork and photography and planning for it. But in terms of the music itself, 
the, the themes of it. Very interestingly, actually, because um, the, there are a lot of themes on the album about like escaping loneliness and isolation and like a dead chapter in our lives ending and trying to like progress into something happier. Um, and those were things that I was going through just through my own disillusionment with the music industry. Like that's ultimately what the album is about, is about like completely losing hope and something that I dreamt of my whole life. And then being like, wow, I'm in my thirties and I actually hate this and I'm so sad all the time. And like, this isn't what I thought it would be. Um, and then COVID happened. And then I think that a lot of people this past year were dealing with similar emotions that I was dealing with right before COVID. And so that's something that is like sometimes lucky timing or like a fluke in music is when you put something out and it is relevant, but you didn't even make it recently. Like it just so happens that I was going through some similar things a few years ago. And that's what the album is about. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's fascinating. I was, I, what was I, I was listening to some podcast somewhere and they were talking about how like very rarely, um, is the music that is like defining of like a major historical event or something like that mm -hmm. made like during that event or something like that, or in response to that event, it's very mm -hmm. often like beforehand. So the examples they used were like, you know, that strokes album that came out right before nine 11, that kind of came to de define, define New York after that, or even the will or Yankee hotel Foxtrot, same kind of thing. Like these were recorded before. Totally. Weirdly, yeah. Really good examples. And then, and the other ones they use, and then, you know, Fetch the Bolt Gutters by Fiona Apple was recorded before COVID, but it hit during COVID and it just like. It did seem like a perfect quarantine album. Exactly. And and perhaps Escape from Planet Devourers is is the same as well. Mm. Uh, low, more low key, you know, we, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, something <laughs> something that I, I love about this record and that feels that. To me, it kind of feels a bit out of time in the sense that so many indie artists these days tend to be like very nonchalant in their presentation uh, or like anti-concept. But this album reminds me of like big rock records from the 90s. Like it reminds me oh of like God. Smashing Pumpkins or like Nine Inch Nails or like Violator by Depeche Mode. Yeah. Like you don't shy away from over the top this no no i wanted to go out like i wasn't sure if this would be my last album for devourers it's i just feel like i've been hanging on by a thread these past few years in terms of what i want to do if i'm even like happy doing this anymore and so in my mind i think i just wanted to go out in like a blaze of glory in, in a way of just like let's make something ambitious i know that i can because i can do this alone right like i do all of this alone it's like an entirely diy project a lot of musicians in vancouver play in bands and it's expensive to record and they just don't have like the means to go into a studio and do it but but for me yeah it was like a, an inspired moment for me of being like wow I really am capable of doing this because I like it's it's free like I do this by myself I've been making music my entire life I know how to like mix and master and stuff and so yeah I wanted to just do something big especially since there is lots of talent in Vancouver but not I don't want to get like in trouble saying this but I feel like there's not a ton of like super creative, ambitious stuff in Vancouver. There's lots of like good music, like yeah. well-made good stuff that can like wrong. With, with the radio and what's happening in the States and stuff. But like, yeah, I think I just wanted to make something big and creative that sort of stood out a bit in Vancouver. So 
it's also accessible. Like I, I think it's probably like your like most like hook oh, laden yeah. oh, record yet. It, it, to at least to my ears, like it just it feels cool. like it kind of is the most um kind of big tent cool record yeah. you've made. A lot of singles on it. So is that something you were kind of going for? Or are you thinking like I'm gonna go out in this blaze of glory and everyone's gonna be able to sing along to these songs and like be able to get into them if it's the uh, last thing I do? <laughs> I don't know. I think a big part of it was because I knew that I was going through like a, probably the darkest time in my life and didn't want to weigh people down. And so I purposely threw as many like earworms into all of the songs as I could because I didn't want it to feel heavy and depressing for people to listen to it. Maybe a little bit like Sufjan Stevens' Carrie and Lowell, if you know that album. Yeah, 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 of I'm course. Really, yeah, obviously super different, but like I can listen to that Sufjan Stevens' album and feel like I'm floating on a cloud. It's like so breezy and pleasant. And if I don't want to actually pay attention to the lyrics, which are amazing on the album, I can just sort of sit back and like look at the clouds. And I, it's like such a pleasant album to listen to. But if I'm in the right headspace to dig into the, the lyrics, it's so, so beautiful and powerful. And so I think that's maybe what I was trying to do with this album and a tiny bit of Iconoclast as well, because I was also going through a bit of like a dark time when I made that album and I just yeah I want it to be able to play on numerous levels where I can play shows live and people who you know are there with their friends are like oh this is fun we can dance and I think a lot of people still now like don't actually understand what devours is and like what the lyrics mean but they're just like oh this is a pop song and we can dance to it and so hopefully it can play on a few different levels for people well but I think that's I mean that's kind of where I'm coming from with that the like your nine inch nails or your smashing pumpkins is like a lot of that stuff is is dark but mm-hmm. like it was big, dumb festival pot, like festival rock. You know what I mean? Like it, it has that, yeah. that like ability to do both. I'm curious, like was letting go of like the, the idea uh, that, you know, music was, you were going to make it per se in music. Was that like freeing artistically and then like creatively for you? Um, I think that I'm currently in that phase now. Like mm. Devourers, the for the three albums that I made for Devourers were very much about making it, right? Like all three albums are really ambitious. They're big, they're personal. I was trying to big, make like big personal statements and make a name for myself in Vancouver and outside of Vancouver. And I think that, yeah, that's been a part of like this huge wave of sort of like dis- disillusionment these past few years. It's just understanding the industry a lot more than I used to and realizing that it's not really like, healthy and um and so i think that um with surviving the game which is this label that i came up with earlier this year um yeah that was a big part of it It was a part of like you know what i can actually do all this myself i don't have a ton of money but i had enough to be able to put my record out on vinyl and um and so yeah like i just want to play by my own rules i don't know how to say that without sounding cheesy but that is kind of what it is like i think that maybe i have enough of like a draw in Vancouver that I can exist outside of the machine and actually just do this myself. And so it's been empowering this year. And and when, so when did the idea like for surviving the game come about? Like, was it, did you kind of have the record done and you're like, what do I do with this? Like, how am I going to deal with it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So like I had been working with a label for my last album and then decided to part ways this past fall. Um, and then was going to work with another local label 
um, around December and just like one thing led to another and I just decided, you know what, like I'm kind of a control freak. I know what I'm doing with the hours. I've been doing it for a long time and I'm just gonna do it myself and it's it's fine. It's like really not a huge deal. Um, so when I was fil filing, um, I, I guess like the form for vinyl, um, I needed to write down specific things about like, what should it say on the spine and stuff? And it asked specifically for like what the label name should be. And I, I like at the time, because with Devourers, this album is really influenced by action blockbusters of the mid nineties. Um, as, as well as like Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and stuff like that was one of my favorite albums when I was growing up. And but yeah, so like with with movies like Speed and True Lies and stuff like that's what I was really inspired by with this album was just like making it big and explosive and exciting from front to back and like making it upbeat and stuff. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite action movies, I wouldn't say it's a blockbuster. It's like a kind of a B movie that's not particularly great, but it's called Surviving the Game. And it features Ice-T and Gary Busey and Rutger Hauer. And it's about Ice-T getting hunted in the forest by um, like hunters. I don't know if you've Love seen it. it. It's like 94. Nope. It's so good. <laughs> it's like kind of cringe, but one of my favorite mid nineties like B movies. And so that's what the inspiration was, was like, oh yeah, surviving the game. Like that's what the music industry is. That's what Vancouver has been for me. It, it's all sort of like a chess game. You're Ice-T. I'm Ice-T, oh my God, I didn't <laughs> realize that back. Yeah, but I mean, that's sort of what it is. I've been calling the music industry a game for a number of years and I just thought, hey, that could kind of make sense. So I called it surviving the game. And yeah, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. I publicly stated that it's a, a vanity label when I put it out because I just don't really have like the resources or the means to yeah. like make some big empire, nor do I want to because I'm already in this phase right now of being like, wow, I really, really need to take a break from like music stuff and music industry. And maybe I should just like, you know, like this, this job as a production coordinator right now is, is helping me to like, just do something else. You know, like when you're, when your head's in the game and when you're in the industry for too long, it can be, it's like, it's very superficial and depressing. It's like a brutal industry to put yourself through as a, an artist. And, um, and so, yeah, like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with the label in terms of like building a roster and releasing other albums and stuff. Like it's something that I think that I might have the um, the knowledge to do. Like, I, I know what it takes to do it, but it's just a matter of like, do I want to do this? Do I want to continue to like promote stuff? Do I just need to take a break from music stuff in general? So I'm still weighing my options. It's also hard to tell with COVID because it, it feels like everyone is like tuned out. Like I've been making these local playlists for surviving the game these past four months or so. Um, it seems like people appreciate them, but they're not really gaining traction. Some of the artists who I'm putting on these things, it's a hundred percent fan con. So like Vancouver content. And I'm really trying to like bridge the gaps between different sub scenes and communities in Vancouver. And so I like the vision of it. And I think that mm -hmm. some other people like the vision, but it, they don't seem to be gaining that much traction. And it feels like people are just tuned out. I think that when COVID started, musicians were like, okay, well, we can't further ourselves and we can't play shows. And so like, it's done. And so I, I want the label to be a little bit of like a morale booster for the scene and to like remind people that Vancouver is still amazing and that there's stuff to look forward to. But yeah, it feels like people are like tuned out. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so interesting. Like I, I, I've, I've noticed your playlist and I think that that's like, it's like a, a great act of like generosity on your part to like 
take the time to put them together, I think. Um, and I do, mm-hmm. but and I, and I, what you said about kind of bridging the gaps between these different scenes, I've, I've been talking to a lot of musicians here in Toronto about, um, about that idea of like, kind of like supporting each other in the community because like, unfortunately, like fortunately or unfortunately, it's hard to kind of tell, like that's the position that, that the music business or industry has been put in, mm-hmm. especially like the artists because of, you know, it's too expensive to live anywhere and it's impossible to make any money. And, you know, yeah. the, the stakes are kind of in, in a weird way so low that you can kind of rethink how it's always operated where it's like, we're in the band and we're going to make it and we're, it's us against the world and all this stuff. Whereas like, that's kind of like a, that maybe was cool in the seventies when like, if it was you against the world, you might actually get like millions of dollars for writing like a two minute punk song or whatever. Whereas now like you're fucked. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess like now that all this said though, like you've put you've released the vinyl, it's sold out almost. Almost, yeah, yeah. The sales have been pretty uh, flattering, I gotta say, because it was all just sort of like me biking around Vancouver and dropping things off to people, and I had like a vinyl lemonade sale, basically, <laughs> not a lemonade stand, but I basically just like sat on my lawn, like outside of my apartment building, and then like people came, and then there was like a blanket. And I could catch up with people and I had some like merch laid out on the grass. It was nice. It has felt very like, yeah, like classically DIY, which is always what Devourers has been. And the, the like support from like music fans and like the community and stuff has been really good. Uh, it would be nice to play a real show. <laughs> I'm really tired of live streaming. I, I oh, have a few yeah, me too. Already for like late summer and the fall. And so you have shows or a tour? Uh, shows local shows okay great great so hopefully i'll be able to just sell the rest of the records and then maybe move on to golden age of wrestling um but yeah yeah so like the album has done well and i'm very grateful for that i, I knew yeah. that it would probably have like a little moment when it came out and then i figured it would go away which is i mean things have slowed down now i felt like it was starting to gain a tiny bit of momentum again with with polaris like there were a few whispers of maybe that happening and then the nomination didn't happen, which is which is okay. Um, I know some people who did, who may be affiliated with the website uh, that I help run that did vote for the album. But yes, <laughs> it's yeah, tough. I mean, so it was like really meaningful. I mean, it opened up a whole bunch of emotions of like, you know, for for so many years, feeling like I, it's been like a tough go in Vancouver, and not like the media representation isn't strong in Vancouver. Like it, it feels like. Vancouver isn't taken seriously by the rest of Canada and by Polaris. And yeah. it's like, yeah, so it's been kind of painful actually to know that like some people locally and maybe like affiliated with Dominionated who were rooting for it and to still just, um, yeah, like maybe the album didn't even get heard by people in Ontario and Montreal. They were like, we don't care. That's not Ontario or Montreal. So we don't care. Like, I, I don't really know what the conversations were like, but it's kind of like a messed up thing to ex- experience when you've gone for so many years, you know, like working really hard in a city and it's just maybe not as, you know, I don't know, it's going to open up a whole can of worms, but all I can say is that I'm grateful for whatever support is out there for this project. And so that is life. Being a musician is really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder about the Polaris. I, you know, I think, I think Polaris like is net positive probably 
mm-hmm. but it, it 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 does it, it and even though it's like 40 albums on the long list well you know how many albums came out this year by canadian musicians who all you know are deserving of some attention and some airplay and some love like exactly a yeah. lot more than 40 <laughs> like, yeah. yeah ultimately so. it's it's a good thing yeah i try not to get too worked up over it it's also very political i've never been a part of the um like adjudicating or like the conversations i'm curious i wish i could be a fly on the wall and understand like how you know the whole thing happens but yeah it's all kind of mysterious to me and ultimately the 40 albums that were chosen are great and that's all that matters you know egos aside it's like it's a cool thing that exists and so yeah but yeah so the album it feels like it's losing steam right now which is understandable because i can't play shows but maybe this fall i'll be able to play a few and then like sell the rest of the records so yeah well, so, okay, so overall, overall a good decision to start the label, do it yourself. It's been like a relatively positive experience for you. Absolutely. It's okay, been amazing. Good, good. Yeah, like zero regrets. I went with my gut, made some really hard decisions this past year for music, and it paid off in a big way last month. I couldn't even believe the response to the album. It was crazy. You know, it was like charting on like national college radio and stuff like it was just it's really exciting to just literally do it all myself like I photographed it I made the um like lyric videos I'm like mixed and mastered like the entire thing was DIY like up until a week before I put it out no one had heard any of it (laughs) so it was crazy (laughs) crazy. like it was really really risky to spend like three thousand dollars on vinyl for this thing that I couldn't perform live that no one had heard <laughs> that so no one like, had yeah. said like, yeah, this is really good. Actually, you should release it. <laughs> no, like, no one said like, yeah. So it was really, it was really, really scary, but oh my it was, gosh, it was more satisfying to have it be well received. I mean, it was right. insane. It was like an adrenaline rush. These past few weeks have felt like a, me, like coming off of a drug because it was so crazy for that month. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that once you, once you start, once you get playing those shows and like, I think people are going to wake up, you know, I think people are going to be feeling like they need to do stuff. And I, and it'll be interesting to see if there is more of a focus on, because I think it come, also comes down to, you know, having diverse lineups. It's like you got to cross pollinate scenes if you want to actually, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people talk a lot of talk about like we need to have more, you know black representation indigenous representation queer representation people talk big but that means you got to kind of be willing to be like well let's book a show with a rapper and devourers and this indie rock band you know what i mean like you got to have all of that you got to have it all yeah yeah and that's cool that you're bringing that up because that's a huge thing in vancouver as well like we're, we're going through that exact same thing um i've helped curate a few local festivals this past like year or two Right now, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a secret. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm also helping to adjudicate uh, like a government grant, um, like music video uh, fund thing for underrepresented artists. And so, um, yeah, so that's like a huge conversation probably all over the place, like in North America, Europe, et cetera. But yeah, in Vancouver as well. And yeah, there are a few, there's uh, something called Cushy Entertainment They've been doing um, like really, really good shows these past few years. Of exactly what you just described. Like they're actually like making it happen. Even like CJSF and CITR, which are like SFU and 
UBC, like the college radios, yeah. respectively. Um, they've been doing amazing, like really diverse lineups for for a while. And so Vancouver is, is pretty good about that, actually. Yeah, like there is quite a bit of diversity. And, and so I think that, yeah, like with Surviving the Game, I'm trying to, you know, amplify um, underrepresented artists as well. But the funny thing is that even for like non- like <laughs> just for everyone in Vancouver, like whether you're white or indigenous, or if you're grunge, or if you're like hyper pop, or if you have money, or if you don't have money, everyone is underrepresented here because no one cares right. about Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the funny thing making this label and being like, oh, you know what? Like everybody, everybody needs this. Yeah. You know, I think that if anything, the people who are sort of like underrepresented, um, like the, the spotlight is on them right now because that's sort of like the big moment in like Canadian culture and stuff is like amplifying those voices. And, and that's excellent. And that's what has needed to happen for a number of years. But ultimately, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to just, um, yeah, sort of like shed a light on those artists in Vancouver, but also the artists who have worked really, really hard. There are so many unsung heroes in this city. There are so many people who are like amazing at what they do and they've played like, you know a hundred something shows locally and they're so good and they still have no <laughs> press or anything like that and so yeah. Yeah, like the label is trying to just boost everyone regardless yeah. of skin color or like your background or anything it's just like everyone works hard in the city and it and so so yeah hopefully it like gains a little bit more traction like when shows can happen again then maybe people will be more interested in it but it has definitely seemed like people have been tuned out of the scene Sadly, and I wish that people would, I wish that musicians would focus more on building community themselves because it still feels like musicians are only in it for themselves and like their few friends. Yes, yes. And that we need to come together to like really become like a power through numbers situation and like make this a better city. Yes. Well, and I think that, I mean, I think that's definitely true of Vancouver and it's, I mean, it's even true of Toronto, which of course is not yeah. underrepresented on the players list or in the media or anything like that, but it's still true, especially for like the newer generation of musicians who are not, yeah. who have not had their, you know, have not been doing it for 10 years or already or whatever. And are really having to kind of start from essentially scratch. So mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well, Jeff, I think you are a great advocate for uh, the Vancouver music scene, and uh, I oh, appreciate great. that greatly about you. The way we always end these shows is I get you to recommend, uh, I get the artists that I have on to recommend other artists uh, from their city or that they've been digging. Last time, you recommended Future Star and Shitlord Fucker Man, so I'm wondering if you can, I'm wondering if you can recommend a few other artists uh, for us that people should check out they wanted to get to know the vancouver music scene a little more you are you are the you're the guru of of uh of vancouver music knowledge so, so oh, bless, bless us bless us with some knowledge right now jeff oh well thank you i mean one artist who did get nominated this year was yusu and i haven't met yusu before but their album is excellent i've been listening to it a lot that could be a cool choice um yeah trying to think of who else uh, do you know a band called little sprout I've heard Little Sprout, yeah. We've covered them okay, on the site yeah, for sure. Out, yeah, they put out an album a few months ago that I think is really strong. Um, so I've enjoyed that. Uh, someone who could be uh, a good person to talk to is Sam Tudor. 
You, you let me thinking. let me tell you, Jeff. Next week's episode is going to feature Sam Tudor. <laughs> I've already talked to him. How about that? You're so on top of it, Mac. You don't even need my recommendations. Yeah, no. Sam, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with Sam because he's also someone who like is, you know, who has worked really hard in Vancouver. He is revered here. I mean, he has a big following. He put out an album in May that, for some strange reason, just seemed to go under the radar. I don't know what's going on. And then also he got really unlucky with uh, vinyl. We were dealing with the same vinyl company and I don't want to like put them on blast too much, but yeah, like there were some delays. Sam's album didn't even get made. Like his vinyl, I don't even know where it is and he doesn't know either. (laughs) It's a long story. I won't spoil any of it. I'm sure he'll have some things and some opinions when you talk to him next week. Oh my God, that's awful. bumpy ride for him this past month but his album is beautiful it's it's very very oh, it's strong so and I good think that, i agree i hope that he just like fully re-releases it just straight up like puts it out again in the fall when shows can happen i'm sure it'll do really well but um but yeah good choice for getting him on the show because he's really talented we've also had Ky- uh, kylie v on the program who's who seems like maybe kylie v might might kind of burst the bubble the vancouver bubble a little bit i think next tv bridgers Let's hope that they are like better than Phoebe Bridgers. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, I'm thinking okay. beyond. I, think I'm thinking, I, I have, I have, very I, have I have hopes. I have hopes. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that say. Kylie has a lot of like star factor, and I think that they put out a really lovely album earlier this year, and it seems like it's been catching on on like Spotify playlists, mm-hmm. which is good. And so, yeah, in terms of like having someone be like in the industry who's young and stuff like there's lots of potential there. So yeah, I think yes. that Kylie will do very well. Great potential. We love Van- We love Vancouver here at, <laughs> at on 20 or 20 as, as with everything, we have less Vancouver representation uh, than we should have, but we try. Uh, I've had, I've had you on twice now, Jeff. So I really actually need to expand my horizons, but that's okay. <laughs> I know I'm hogging the spotlight. What can I say? But yeah, thank you for for thinking. Jeff, uh, it's been great to talk to you again. Congrats on the new album. Congrats on the new job. Congrats on on being okay. I think that's great. And uh, I hope we get to uh, tango again soon. Thank you. Twenty or Twenty is brought to you by Dominionate, Canada's best Canadian-only music website, in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms. Visit the site Dominionated.ca and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at a really slow runner on Instagram. There are no vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron, no vowels in Cameron. Please like, subscribe, rate, whatever on your preferred podcast platform. You can email me, mac at dominionated.ca with any questions or comments or recommendations or concerns. Thanks so much uh, to Jeff for coming back this week. I love chatting with that guy. He will be back. Uh, I would be willing to wager. Next week, another great one. Montreal electro R&B artist Jeanette King will be here to talk about her excellent debut album, What We Lost. Until then, thank you for listening to this little podcast. We will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.